Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I dropped an amazing episode with Dom Grimao of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! Welcome to the Punk Rock and Beer Podcast. Really quickly, before we get into this episode, I wanted to mention my Patreon. Patrons get all of the podcasts a week early. I do giveaways. I do some other stuff. But most importantly, if you want me to review your music or artwork or anything else, Patreon is the way to do that. Every month, I do a call for submissions. All you need to do if you want me to review something is just post it in the comments of that post. Then... I will review it live on Twitch for the hundreds of people that tune into every stream and post it on Patreon for everyone to check out. All you need to do is just join at the $10 and up level, stay tuned for that post, and you are good to go. So if that sounds cool to you and you want me to review your music, artwork, or anything else, hit the link in the show notes for this episode. And thank you very much to everyone who supports over on Patreon. I wanted to talk about something uh, that I do a lot of, which is making fun of metal fans. <laughs> and I will continue to make fun of metal fans because, you know, I mean, there's a lot to make fun of, let's be honest. But I think that there's some things that I would like to clarify because I, I feel like I've maybe not represented myself as well as I should have. And specifically, I think it's come off as kind of like mean-spirited at times, and and I really don't intend it to be, at least most of the time. I will admit that there are times where I let my emotions get the best of me, and I'm just kind of an asshole because I get so fed up with the fact that metal fans, you know, especially metal people on the internet, you know, let's be honest, they can be a little bit intense. They can be a little bit gatekeepy and a little bit punishing, and I just get irritated with them. I let my um, my emotions get the best of me sometimes, and I and I really shouldn't. That's something that um, something that I need to work on because there's no reason for me to be mean to anybody. With that said, I want to be clear. I love metal. I've been listening to metal for over 30 years. People ask me if I like metal and they say, oh, you don't, you don't like metal anymore. I love metal. So the first thing to understand is that most of the time when I'm making fun of metal, it's in good fun. It's just like, you know, when you go out skateboarding or something, and you bust each other's balls, you make fun of your friends. You know what I mean? I realize that it oftentimes doesn't come across that way or, you know, maybe people, people don't take it that way. But most of the time when I'm making fun of metal or making fun of metal fans, that's the intent. You know, just like, you know, you, you make fun of your friends because you love them. The second reason, which is the main thing that I really wanted to talk about here is uh, the reason why I make fun of metal fans is because uh, I'm trying... I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to save you from yourselves, my friends. <laughs> Meaning that I'm trying to help you avoid making a lot of the same mistakes that I have made. Because, as I've said before, I, it's true, it's true, I'm not proud to admit it, but I am secretly a metal nerd. It's true, it's true, all this time, 
I was just overcompensating for the fact that I am a metal nerd. It's true. In all seriousness, I wanted to just kind of talk about the reason that I point out a lot of these behaviors in metal fans is because like I legitimately, I want to help people avoid making the same mistakes that I have made that have held me back. You know, it's much bigger than just music. So like number one is being a know-it-all. Um, which I feel like it's just, it's so exhausting. And metal people are, are, are like this so often correcting you about every little thing. Well, actually, you know, the, well, actually meme, you know, actually that came out in August of 1996, not September of 1996. And like, all right, dude, whatever. Like literally nobody cares. You know, the pedantic nitpicky corrector that is like such a horribly off-putting like personality trait that nobody should ever want to embody. All this time, the guy that has extensive knowledge of metal and all the weird bands hardly anyone has known of was secretly a metal nerd? I know, shocking, shocking. Like Mr. Frodo here says in the chat, it doesn't just apply to metal, it goes for anything. And that's my point, is it's not just about metal, it's, it's just about like how you interact with people in general, because being that kind of like pedantic, off-putting like know-it-all is it sucks like it sucks nobody wants to be around that person that is like the fast track to ruining your relationships you know friendships your career like it is a terrible toxic personality trait and so the reason that i pointed out is because i want people hopefully to realize like oh shit i don't want to be that guy i learned that the hard way um Years ago, I worked at this uh, at this company, this industrial design agency. It's a small company, maybe like 30 people or something like that. And I was having kind of a hard time getting along with people at work because I would sort of like always, I, I always had to be right. You know, if, if I thought anybody else said something that wasn't correct or, you know, I, I knew a better answer than they did, I would like always correct them and say, well, actually, and I was correct to be fair. Like I, I wasn't wrong. I thought I was being a good employee by like correcting people who got things wrong. Well, uh, turns out <laughs> nobody digs that shit. And the owner of the company took me into his office one day and I've told this story before, but it was like, really, it was like a very, very like important moment in my life. He took me into his office and he was like, Finn, let me tell you something. He's like this old school, like, you know, Ohio, like football player guy who somehow or another owned a design company. I don't know how that happened, but great guy, great guy. Shout out to him. He really helped me a lot. He said, let me tell you something. And I was like, uh, okay, what? And he's like, nobody really gives a shit if you're good at your job or not. Only matters if people feel good working with you. And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, shit. This is not good for me. <laughs> because like, I instantly knew that he was correct. Like I knew that was the truth. And like, he was telling me that because, you know, so many people that I worked with probably came to him and were like, what the fuck is Finn's problem? Why is he always like, why is he like this? Why is he such a know-it-all? I wasn't trying to make anybody feel bad, but I realized when he, in that moment that I was like, oh yeah, that sucks to be around. What a bummer. Nobody wants to be around that. I think I like this comment. Nice subculture provides a tribe where people feel safe, critique or misrepresentation or posers are a threat to that tribe and comfort zone. That's right. Overindulgence and pedantic worship of the tribe provides comfort and stability. We've all been there. It takes growth and maturity to get out of that mindset. Some people never do. That's exactly right. And that's the point. Like that's, that's the reason 
why I, I continually point out this behavior. Uh, this is a great way to put it. Everyone hates the smartest person in the room. Translation, me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. What a great way to like ruin a relationship. Like imagine going on a date with a girl or guy, whatever you're into, and being this punisher that corrects her about everything. Like, who the fuck wants to be around that person? My mom used to say, she had a saying, when she would see me being like this, being a little teenage asshole know-it-all, she would say, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And I was like, what are you talking about, mom? I'm happy when I'm right. And she would just kind of laugh and be like, all right. In hindsight, you know, I totally understand what she was trying to tell me because this is the thing that a lot of these metal people, you know, don't understand. It's like, dude... Okay, yeah, you're right. I said the album came out in 1996 and it it actually came out in 97. Like literally nobody gives a fuck. When you are this like pedantic know-it-all, all you're doing is making people think you're a fucking asshole. And again, I'm telling you that because that is something I needed to hear at one point in my life. And I'm hoping in the same way as when my boss told me that, I'm hoping that maybe this could be a wake-up call for someone else who needs to hear it because it fucking sucks. It will destroy your relationships. Trust me. Trust me on that one. <laughs> I can speak from plenty of personal experience about how much people fucking hate a know-it-all because I know that I come across, you know, on YouTube, I know I come across as a know-it-all a lot of times. And I hate that because I, I really don't want to be that person. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers, all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. But first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, you can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. 
And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. People can be traumatized about certain things and not realize that their obsession with cult music and morbid media might actually be an effect of trauma and resentment. Absolutely. 100%. If you say Tomb of the Mutilated came out in 1994, you're out and you don't deserve my attention. That's right. Old school metal vinyl is a real headbanger because he knows what really matters is arguing with strangers on the internet about what year an album came out. <laughs> That's what really matters in life. The second thing that I wanted to point out as sort of a, um, a a specific behavior that I see a lot with metal people, and this is not just metal people. It's true of really all kinds of fandom, but like metal people in particular are are guilty of a lot of this stuff. I don't know why. Like, I, I don't know why, but metal people in particular, there's something about metal fans that just sort of draws them to this stuff. Um, is closed-mindedness. Obviously, like, you see that that applies to music. For example, the thing that made me kind of really get turned off to metal fans years ago, so I used to have this metal... I used to have a blog back in, like, 2008 called Metal Inquisition that was, like, fairly popular, I guess, at the time, you know, as far as blogs go. Initially, we wrote about a lot of, like, old, like, thrash and death metal and stuff because that's what we were into. For whatever reason, like, I just... It didn't occur to me... I started writing about some newer music and like pop punk and stuff like that. And all the comments just got super, like all the comments when I wrote about thrash metal and death metal were super positive. But as soon as I wrote something about pop punk, all of a sudden the comments like turned on me and they hated me. And I was like, what? Like I'm literally not allowed to like even write about something other than metal. And obviously like <laughs> now we know, yes, of course, if you have a metal blog, you can only write about metal. Of course, we know that now. But that was like, that was really surprising to me. And it really, it, it, it really kind of turned me off because they were attacking me just for like sharing music that I liked. I was like, did I do something wrong by just saying, you know, I like Blink-182 and now like I was your favorite person last week, but now that I like Blink-182, like you hate me? You know? <laughs> yeah, it was just like, okay, so that's how metal fans are. This kind of closed-mindedness, like, obviously, you should be open to all kinds of music because, obviously, I love metal, but there's a lot of great music out there that's not metal, you know? And you're really only limiting yourself by having these genre blinders on and, and sort of forcing yourself to only listen to... The, and lots of times, they only listen to one sub-subgenre of metal. Like, you know, oh, I can't possibly listen to metalcore and black metal. Because metalcore is gay, unlike black metal. And again, this is not limited to metal fans, but they, um, I, I think, are maybe especially guilty of it. And and it really, again, this goes beyond music. Like, obviously, I want everyone to, like, you know, be exposed to all the great music that's out there. But it's about much more than just music. Yeah, it's a tortured existence. Exactly. It is a tortured existence. Like, imagine going through life only being able to like, you know, this one tiny little narrow slice of all the great things out there in the world. And when I was a kid, I was like this too. I used to think that there was like no way that I could even like be friends with somebody unless they liked the same kind of music as me, which is just totally insane to think. 
But, you know, when I was like 15, 16 years old, like I just thought like, oh, well, if someone doesn't like this list of 10 bands, how could I possibly be friends with them? <laughs> you know, which is in hindsight, just totally insane and stupid. But, you know, I, I was that person who thought that there's no way I could possibly have something in common with someone unless they liked the same music as me. I once went out on a date with this hot girl who only listened to metal. We went to this hookah bar that played R&B and chill music. She told them to put on Slayer and they did and everyone left. There was no second date. Wow, it's good to know that there are asshole female metalheads as well. Uh, they're rare, but they are out there. Yeah, I posted a video about Margot Robbie on Instagram talking about liking Slipknot in an interview, and there was some on-screen text saying, Margot Robbie likes heavy metal, and all the metal elitists jump into the comments saying, Slipknot is not heavy metal. Like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, imagine, again, you're not actually speaking to Margot Robbie, but imagine that you're sitting in front of Margot Robbie. You have the chance to talk to one of, like, one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood who also seems like a pretty cool person. And uh, the only thing you can think of to do is insult her taste in music because she doesn't like real metal. You know, it's just dumb. So the problem is that, you know, by being one of these like asshole metal gatekeepers in general, having this like closed minded kind of mentality, you're shutting yourself off to just like more than just music. It's about life in general. Like I didn't snap out of this until I was in college. To make a long story short, I originally was a, a graphic design major and then I switched my major to business. And I was like, oh no, like how am I gonna like hang out with these kids in the college of business because they don't like all the weird music that I like. There's no way that they could be cool people. And it turns out they were awesome. And I actually realized that I got along better with the people in the college of business than I did with, you know, the artsy design kids that were into a lot of the same kind of music as me. And so what I realized is that I was letting this sort of like closed mindedness just shut me off to being friends with like, you know, the majority of the world, because the majority of people in the world don't listen to metal, <laughs> you know? So the idea that you can only be friends with people who like the same, like, specific sub-subgenre of metal as you is, like, it's, it's honestly, it's just sad. It's just sad. There's a lot of cool people out there. There's a lot of cool music out there. And to, to limit yourself like that is just sad. And again, it's something that I see a lot of metal people do. And so that's one of the reasons that I make fun of that behavior, because, you know, I find it frustrating and I hope that it might help somebody snap out of it. The last thing I wanted to point out is this thing of like forcing your interests on other people who, you know, aren't interested. You know, I understand that when people get into something like metal and it becomes your identity and, and, and you want to like evangelize for this thing that you love and you want to like promote it and blah, blah, blah. Um, but, but don't do it. Like if people are not interested in it, just don't. And again, this is bigger than just music. It's about like, I think it's not a stretch to say that a lot of metalheads, you know, maybe don't have the world's best social skills. And I'm saying this as somebody who's like, you know, probably a little bit on the autism spectrum. So for me to say that you don't have great social skills and you don't have great emotional intelligence, for me to say that is pretty bad. <laughs> if I'm saying like, hey, you need to work on your emotional regulation, you need to work on it. I'll give you an example of this. When I was in high school, I think it was maybe 16 or 17. At the time, I was like really into like grindcore, like this band Discordance Axis, um, which 
no normal person has ever liked Discord and Saxis. And I hung out with these two girls, these two like cute skater girls from my high school. The fact that they were hanging out with me, I should have been like overjoyed just to like be in their presence. But the only thing I could think of is like just telling them about like fucking grindcore. And like I forced them to like they they were listening to like no effects or something in her car and I was like oh take this that this shit sucks we got to listen to discordance axis and I still remember the look on their face kind of like uh what the fuck is this <laughs> like imagine how much I cock blocked myself by forcing my fucking weird ass taste in music onto these girls who just wanted to hang out you know just why did I do this to myself so my point here like. When I make jokes about all this stuff, I definitely, well, I don't want to say I missed out on some finger blasting because I can't say that either of them wanted to get finger blasted, but I may have missed out on some finger blasting. We definitely never hung out again. Let's put it that way. That was our first and last date. <laughs> Let's put it that way. So my point is in all of this is that I, I, I just sort of, I want to be clear that most of the time when I'm making fun of metal, I, I hope that it's clear that it's like good natured. I'm just like roasting it and roasting metal fans because, you know, I am a metal fan, but to the extent that it doesn't come off that way, you know, I just want to be clear that the reason that I point out these kind of like shitty toxic behaviors in metal is because I have done all of them. And I can tell you from personal experience that it will absolutely hold you back in life, in your relationships, in your career, like, you got to get rid of this shit. You know, you can go listen to Niall all you want. I don't, I don't recommend it, but if you want to listen to Niall and dying fetus and fucking dream theater all day long, totally fine. Go do what you want, but uh, don't be that guy. Do not be what I used to call an internet metal nerd. Don't be that person. You can listen to whatever you want. That's, you know, it's not about what you listen to. It's about who you are and how you act. That's my point. So don't be that person. Trust me from personal experience, you don't want it. So that is what I wanted to say. I hope it helps. hope it clarifies some things. And, you know, hopefully today, hopefully today, we save some lives. You know, many people call me a hero, but uh, I, I, I'm just a guy doing his job. That's what I think. Enjoying music isn't a competition. Exactly. Good way to put it. Morgoth Beats is in uh, Winds of Plague. And he says, being in a decent sized metal band, you realize that the artists and bands also hate these elitist fans. Yes, they do. It would kill those fans to know that their heroes totally disagree with them about their mentality on metal and how seriously they take it. That is true. That is true. I'm honestly only trying to help. I'm trying to, uh, trying to save you people from yourselves. That's what it comes down to. Help me help you not listen to metal. All right, my friends, that does it for this episode of the podcast. If you made it this far, thank you. Thank you for listening. We sincerely appreciate each and every one of you. If you want to help the show, there's a couple things that you can do. First of all, share it on social media. If you share it, tag us, tag Finn McKenty, that's me, and tag Deanna Chapman, that's a producer. Second thing you can do, if you really, really, really love us and really want to support us, you can support us on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you're listening to this, or you can do none of that. And you can just sit at home, think about how awesome this podcast is. That works too. Again, thank you very much to each and every one of you for listening. We sincerely appreciate it, and we'll see you next time.
I don't think it overstates things to say that the Beatles were the greatest gift to entertainment and culture of our time, a secular religion, if you will, with their universal appeal and demonstrable impact on people's lives. I'm Robert Rodriguez, host of Something About the Beatles. With every episode, I speak with historians, musicians, artists, and Beatle witnesses, all in the service of fresh insights into the most joyous cultural entity the world has ever known. I hope you'll join me and listen to Something About the Beatles, now on Evergreen and wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. <laughs> 